Welcome to Passion Life Church. How many of you know that Jesus is still alive? How many of you know he's not just alive last week on Easter? If you guys could turn me down just a little bit. I'm Mexican, so I'm automatically loud. We are Mexicans, not Mexicants. Let me ask you, how many of you know that even though it's not Easter this Sunday, Jesus is still alive? Come on. He's still alive, and he's still working. And I'm so glad that you are here today. I want to talk to you today about standing in the right place as we start this new series called Overcomer. Don't you just love that video? I, I just, I love that video. I heard somebody go, "Woo!" It's like, man, that, that's what it's all about. I, I love it. It's, it's passionate and I love starting brand new series, but I have just been waiting to get to this series because I just love it. And I think there's just so many misconceptions about the Christian life, so many misconceptions about this word right here, overcoming. And, you know, in truth, I think if we were really honest, we would admit that we all have battles. Come on, how many of you have battles? Let me see your hands. Let me, let me ask you this. Let's just be, be honest. How many of you may be in a battle right now? Let, let, let me see your hand. Oh, that's pretty much everybody. Wow, the Holy Spirit, you came on the right day. We, we all have battles. And even though our battles are different, you know what? They, they affect us in different ways. But the truth is that even though they may be different, they're still very real to us. And sometimes I hear about the battles that other people are facing, and I'm like, really? You know, really? But it's very real to them. And I think one of the biggest misconceptions about living the Christian life is that as soon as I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior, how many of you invited Jesus into your life? Let me see your hands. And if you haven't, you can today. But here's the cool thing. I think a lot of people, what happens is the misconception is once I receive Jesus into my life, there will now be no more problems. I will have a problem-free life. There will be no more struggles. That's a big misconception. There will be no more battles. And here's the reality. Here's the truth. The truth is, once you receive Jesus into your heart, he gives you a whole new nature. Listen, how many of you glad he doesn't give you a recycled nature of some of your old past, right? Some of the old and good and bad. He doesn't recycle your old nature. He gives you a brand new nature. Anybody excited about that? That in him, no matter what you've done, I love what 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, everybody say that with me, say, in Christ, if anybody is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. But here's what's important to understand. It's important to understand that when you are in Christ and you are a new creation, there is a new nature that comes on the inside of you. Watch this. But here's the thing. That new nature is countercultural to the world. That new nature is countercultural to the world, right? Because the world's nature is get me some, right? Get all I can, right? Do all I can and then sit on the can, right? And so the, the nature of the world is it, I'm all out for me. It's about me. And the nature of the kingdom of God is it's about God and other people. And so this new nature is actually countercultural to the world. But this new nature, we need to understand, is actually in direct opposition 
to the kingdom of darkness as well. And so this new nature, it brings, right, conflict. It brings conflict because not everybody wants to love everybody. The world does like to hate. But what does Jesus say? Jesus says, love one another. Come on, somebody, today. Right? So it's a new nature. Now, if you're new to the faith, right, you may even have experienced this when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Or maybe you're new to the faith and you go, you know, Pastor Phil, well, here's the thing. Man, when I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior, things got tougher. Life got tougher. Anybody experienced that? I mean, I've had people say, man, just life got tougher, right? Pastor Phil, life was so much easier when I was partying at Pachanga. Life was just so much easier before I was a Christian. Can I just tell you why? Can I quote some famous poets from the 1980s, right? A a famous poet by the name of Eddie Van Halen had a song called Running With the Devil. Here's why life was easier. Because you were running with the devil. Now this new nature is countercultural and it is in opposition to the devil. So there's conflict. Everybody say, there's conflict. Can I quote some more poets from the 1980s? Right? Bon Jovi, he said this. He said, it's my life. Oh, anybody know that song? Nobody knows Bon Jovi? Okay. It's my life. It's now or never. Listen, I'm not going to live forever. Actually, you are Bon Jovi. I don't know if your hair will last that long, but you will live forever. And here's, here's the reality. That is the mentality, right, of the world. And when you are just living for yourself, let me quote some other uh, famous poets from the 1980s. These famous poets called ACDC had a song called, I'm on the highway to... How do you know that? But the way that they used to sing is, I'm on the highway to hell. That's exactly how they sounded. And it'd sound great if you were drunk. And you were on the highway to hell before you got born again. Let me just tell you about the highway to hell. It's a big, wide road. It's a big, let me just tell you why. It's big and wide, the highway to hell, because there's no boundaries on it. There's no boundaries on the highway to hell. And then Jesus comes along and he says, I want you to go through a narrow road. Narrow road. And let me tell you why it's narrow. People have this misconception of why it's a narrow road. It's a narrow road because there's only one way to get in, and that's through Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now watch this. It's a narrow road. But once you get in through Jesus, right, he comes inside your heart, and then he comes in you. Because the Bible says you are actually in Christ. Christ is in you, and then you are in Christ. So once you get through that narrow road, watch. It's not a narrow road. It's actually an abundant life once you walk through that narrow road. But it's a narrow road because there's only one way to get in. But once you get in, Jesus says, I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. And that's countercultural to what the world says, right? And here's the thing. So Jesus comes to give you, John 10, 10, I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. But the enemy's going to do everything he can to make sure that you don't experience the abundant life that Jesus came to give you. And ladies and gentlemen, Herein lies the battle. 
Here lies the battle that we are going to have to overcome. But here's the great thing. Jesus has already set you up to win. How? He already defeated the enemy. Can I get a better amen than that? He already defeated the enemy. And I'm going to say it again, and I'm going to say it again. So many people have problems with the kingdom of darkness, but can I tell you something about the kingdom of darkness? They are already defeated. Because, yeah, you can give the Lord a good round of applause. Because Jesus died, and he died. Many people have died. But the difference is with Jesus, he rose again. And when he did, he stripped Satan of the keys. He beat death in the grave. And I want to start out this series, and I'm going to come out swinging today in this Overcomers series because I want you to know that we are already overcomers because Jesus already defeated the enemy. You know, the Bible says, I think it's in the book of Ezekiel, when you actually see the devil in the end times, you're going to look at him and you're going to go, this is what destroyed the nations? I mean, literally, you're going to look at him and go, this is what made kingdoms fall? And the truth is, he's already a defeated enemy. And I got to tell you, we have a God who is an overcomer. Now, I really want you to sink in today with your faith because, and I want you to think, because when we think about Jesus, right, we think about, oh, Jesus, he is just this sacrificial lamb of God. Ladies and gentlemen, he is. He is the sacrificial lamb of God. But can I also tell you, the Bible says that he is the lion of Judah and he roars, right? He's the sacrificial lamb that died for our sins. Listen, but I don't want a little lamb protecting me. I want a lion protecting me. And so sometimes we battle with this. Oh, it's just little precious Jesus. And yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus. Yeah, he loves you. And he does love you. But can I just tell you, there's a side of him that wants to protect his children and that is an overcomer. He didn't play Uno with the devil. He actually defeated him. The Bible says he defeated him and he rose again. And you have a God that is an overcomer. And here's the thing. Because he is in you, you are an overcomer. I love this scripture, 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. It says, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you, say he's in me. Come on, say it louder. Say he's in me. Watch this. So the, he who is in you is greater, is greater, is greater than he that is in the world. And my job as a pastor is to empower you. I want you to listen to this. My job as, an empower, as a pastor is to empower you and to help you to tap into what's already in you. I, I, I must admit that what I'm going to preach to you today, some of you is going to baffle you because I've never heard teaching like this. And the teaching that I'm about to teach you, it's all biblical, I'm gonna show you scriptures. But one of the reasons why so many people are not overcoming today is because they don't know what they have and they don't know who they are. And the truth is, if you could just realize what's already inside of you, if you could just realize that you are a son of the living God, it will change what you can do. I always say when you don't know who you are, you don't know what you can do. 
But when you know who you are, when you know the strength that you have, you can overcome. And that's the, really the goal of this series. <laughs> this is what I want to do. I want to empower you to use what God's already given you. And really, that's our role. Our role is to enforce the victory that God's already won. Now, I'm going to say some things today that you may think, oh, that's so obvious, but we need to hear it. My church family, Jesus is not going to die and rise again, again. He did it once, the Bible says, and for all. And when he said it's finished, he sat down because it's done. The enemy is defeated. Come on, can I hear a good amen? Can you tell I'm pumped? Turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. And I want to talk to you about standing in the right place in this part one. And the next couple of weeks, we're going to unveil some more things. I want you to know that as a pastor, one of my biggest challenges in series is there's so much information. And I can only give you about 35 minutes of, of info. And I say that because some people walk out and go, well, you didn't talk about this today. You didn't talk about that today. I know, I, I can't talk about the whole Bible. Believe me, when I got out of Bible college, I used to preach the whole Bible. And it would take me like an hour and a half, and nobody else would show up next week. And so I realized that we have extent, uh, uh, attention spans. And today, I want to give us a brief introduction. I want to wet your whistle today a little bit. I like to call my teachings kind of like a meal. Today is the chips and salsa. Come on, the gluten-free chips and the guacamole today, right? And as we get deeper, we'll give you some, some bread, some whole wheat bread, right? Ezekiel bread. And we're going to get into some meat today. But I realize today for some of you that this is going to be meat to you and I want us to really understand that today's a brief introduction because we're going to go deeper into Ephesians chapter 6. But uh, I want us to know who we are and what we can do. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10, it says this. Finally, my brother, be strong. Be strong. You need to know in the Bible, whenever God commands us to do something, he always empowers us to do it. This is not a strength that comes from you. This is a strength that comes from God. Watch. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of your might. Is that what it says? In the power of what? His might. And here's what I want to know. If this scripture in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 is telling us to be strong, why are there so many wimpy Christians? I'm serious. And I'm going to tell you why. Because we don't understand the word of God. We think that we're supposed to be people's doormats. The Bible says that we are meekness, that we are supposed to have meekness. But people think meekness is weakness. You know what meekness is? Meekness is controlled strength. Not like the Hulk. You know when the Hulk turns into the Hulk with anger? And then when he wakes up, he comes back to being human. His clothes are all torn, right? Walls, he went through walls. That's not a controlled strength. But for you as a Christian, we have meekness. What does that mean? We have a controlled strength. Ladies and gentlemen, don't misinterpret my meekness for weakness. I can control my strength. And that's, that's an ability that God can give us. But there is strength. Can I hear a good amen? And this idea that we're just supposed to be little weaklings and we come to church because we're so dumb and we don't have anything else to do. I think the smartest people in Marietta are in church today because they realize I need to learn. Man, I want to do better. Can I hear a good amen? 
today. And it says, finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Verse 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. Everybody say stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Let's pray real quick. Lord, help me today to convey your truth and the words that you've given me, Lord. Father, show yourself strong to us today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, I'm not a person that likes conflict. I just don't. I would rather walk away because it's so much easier. How many of you, how many of you are kind of like me in that? Now, for those of you that don't raise your hand, this is the question for you. Because I'm very leery of people who love to argue and love conflict. How many of you know any people like that? I mean, it doesn't matter what you say. I have, I have a person that's coming to my mind right now. And here, here, here's what I try to do. I try to figure them out. And here's what I do is that I, I think about what I was going to say, and I go, I'm not going to say that because I know if I say that, they're going to come back with this. So I'm going to go ahead and go this route. So I, I go, okay, I know this is how they think, so I'm going to say this because I know they think this way. And then I say it because they think this way, and it just seems no matter what I say, they're going to argue with it. How many of you know people like that? Don't look at your kids. Come on. I, don't, I just don't like conflict. I, I, but if you're going to be a leader in the kingdom of God, you have to learn how to deal with conflict. I've had to read books on conflict, right? Conflict resolution, right? Because there, there is conflict whether we like it or not. But when I read the Bible, even though I don't like conflict, I read words like this, fight the good fight of faith. The Bible talks about being a good soldier. Now, I know, listen, this isn't Christmas, right? This is now talking about a fight. Paul said, I fight the good fight. This, what we just read, it says we wrestle. We wrestle not, right? With, with, we, we wrestle not with, with people, but with principalities and power. We don't wrestle with flesh and blood, right? In Romans, it talks about you are more than a conqueror. Well, those aren't just sweet terms, I'm just like, hi, I'm more than a conqueror. When you say I'm more than a conqueror, it's because you conquered something. That's what I love about this church when I look around and, and some of the things. We have a lot of men in our church, right? Where when I was growing up, there was a lot of ladies in the church because I think the, the men kind of felt like, you know what? I, I just kind of don't relate to what's going on. And, 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 and I think that even growing up, we catered a lot more to women because Jesus was always this like, oh, he's so sweet. And even when you see him in pictures at the Bible bookstore, he has mascara on. He's hanging on the cross, right? Like this. You're like, oh, that's, that's not how it looked like, ladies and gentlemen gentlemen. Isaiah says when you looked at Jesus on the cross, he was so marred you couldn't even tell he was a man. There was no mascara and loincloth. He was naked, beaten to a pulp for our sins. And when I read the Bible, I read these words, be strong, run the race. Now, I don't like conflict, but we have to understand the enemy doesn't care whether you like conflict or not. Let me try this side. The enemy doesn't care if you like conflict or not. He doesn't care. Now, I've heard people say this. And in Texas, we say, bless your heart. That means that's dumb. Right? And I've heard people say this. 
I don't know if I believe all that stuff about Satan or how church ladies just say it's Satan. Right? I just don't. I don't know if I believe all that stuff about Satan. And you know what? Here, here's the deal. Here's, here's what I believe. If I don't bother him, he won't bother me. Oh, he loves when Christians talk like that. He loves when Christians talk like that. I love what C.S. Lewis said. He said, there is no neutral ground in the universe. He said, every square inch, every split second is claimed by God and counterclaimed by Satan. He's always, and look what, what 1 Peter 5, 8, it helps us to understand this enemy. And if you're going to be an overcoming, you've got to understand how the enemy works. He is defeated, but I will tell you this, he still is alive and he, he's, he doesn't have any new plans. So if I can understand his plans, it can help me overcome. 1 Peter 5, 8 says, stay alert. Come on, just push your neighbor real quick and see if they're alert. Stay alert. Come on, look to your other neighbors and say, stay alert. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. Now he names him the devil, right? He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Now I want you to know he's not a lion, but the Bible tells us he prowls around like a lion. Because here's what lions do. They watch their prey. They learn the patterns of their prey. And he's always looking for someone who he can devour. But I just don't like conflict. Bless you. He's looking. When I think about this scripture, I always think about when I'm driving. I'm constantly in the wrong lane. I don't know why. Uh, I, I, I'm just in the wrong lane. I, I don't get over what, what, you know, when I'm supposed to get over. But here's what I know. When I need to get over and wear a light, I can bet on human nature there will always be one person who's not paying attention. And when they're not paying attention, boom, I'm getting in there. And I will wait, and I will look in my mirrors, and I will pretend that I'm going straight. Because when you put your blinker on, you give it away. Right? So I will merge with traffic, but I am always looking for that one person. And I have, to this day, never found one person that is not, I always find there's one person who's always just like. And here's what I do. Just really, really sneaky. I just merge over and move in. And I think about that when I think about the devil. And I think about, I just compared myself to the devil. That's not good for a pastor to do on a Sunday morning. But I think about this scripture. And this is what he does. He watches and he waits, and he's waiting for the right moment. And John 10.10 says this, the thief comes to, not to accept to steal, kill, and destroy. And I have come that you may have life and that you ha may have it abundantly. Jesus is talking. Now watch. Let, let's, let's look at some of his tactics. Here's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to steal from you. Steal the life that Jesus came to give you. He wants to steal your peace. Listen, nobody can take your peace away unless you give it up. And here's the question we start to have. Well, if he's a defeated person, how can he steal? Listen, he is defeated, but the only authority that he has in your life is the authority that you give to him. Some of us are giving our peace away. Some of us are giving our joy away. The Bible says he comes to steal. So he comes to steal our peace, our joy. Let, let me just, everybody look at me today. He wants your health. You know why he wants your health? Because he wants your life. Some of you, I don't take sickness lightly at all. I really believe it's from the enemy. 
Now, some of it can come because I'm not being healthy, I'm tired, and there's germs. But can I just tell you, the enemy can use those things to get you. Because let me just tell you, when you are not in health, your quality of life is not the way God wanted you to be. Can I hear a good amen? And here's what I'm hoping that you will do. I'm hoping that you'll walk out of here and get your fight back and say, whether it's diabetes, whether it's cancer, whatever it might be, whether it's a broken little toe, can I just tell you that you're going to get your fight back and say, I am healed by the stripes that Jesus already bore, and I am healed, and I am an overcomer in this area. Can I hear a good amen? But he wants to steal from you, and he's stealing from people. And you know what he wants to do? He wants to kill your hopes and your dreams. He, he wants to, to kill them. Can I just tell you this? He wants to kill still. The Bible says he wants to destroy. Can I tell you one of the things he wants to destroy? He wants to destroy your faith. He wants to destroy your faith. He wants you to doubt. He wants you to doubt everything. He wants you to question everything. He loves that. That's what he did in the garden with Eve. Did God really say? That's all he did. He didn't stab her with a pitchfork. He just came as a snake. You know what a snake is? Subtle. Hi, Eve. He didn't say, I'm the devil. He just said, did God say? Because here's what he wants us to do. Constantly question God. He wants to destroy your faith. Listen, can I just be honest with you today? He wants to destroy your family. He loves to destroy marriages. But I want to remind you, the Bible says that we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. Listen, you know, when my wife and I have arguments, and we do, we have disagreements, and I'm usually wrong, usually, 99.9. I think there was one time in 10 years she said, you know what, you're right. And I said, could you say that again? Could you say that one more? I'm going to record that. But I want you to look at me today if you're married you're single and want to be married it's so easy to get in arguments with people and guess what the enemy can get in how does he get in do you remember Peter was talking with Jesus and Jesus was saying who do you say I am and Peter was like you know what you're the son of the living God and Jesus is like yes you know flesh and blood has not revealed that to you but my father in heaven in the same chapter Peter starts talking to Jesus and says you're not going to the cross and Jesus looks at Peter and goes get behind me Satan and I think about little moments like that, how the enemy wants to capitalize on your disagreements. You know, the Bible says that when there is strife, there is every evil work that comes in. See, the only way the enemy can start to win in your life is when you open the door for him to come in. And when you open the door, my, my, my church family, it's like what they used to say about Larry Bird. They used to say, don't give him an inch because he'll take a mile. Remember, Larry Bird was one of the best three-pointer three shooters in the NBA and they said if you just give him an inch he'll take more than an inch listen the enemy doesn't care whether you win the fight or your wife wins the fight all as he cares is that there's no unity in the house because he wants inside your home because God created the family so the enemy hates the family I want you to be aware of that next time you're fighting and you think, oh, I, I won. and I, You didn't win anything because you can win and lose the relationship. You can win and lose your whole family. 
And I'm going to be tough today because we need to hear this. The devil loves to destroy families. You know why? He loves to see kids devastated and destroyed by marriages that are torn apart. Why? Because he loves to watch kids and he sees the long-lasting effects that divorce has on kids. He loves it. And I'm going to be honest with you as a pastor, as I counsel people, people get divorced for the stupidest reasons. And look at me today, and you know who pays the price? The kids are paying the bill. The kids are paying the bill. I know I've done youth ministry for 20 years. I've counseled them. And the kids paid the bill. I talked to a guy this last week. We were out of town. My father passed away about two, two weeks ago or so. We had the funeral and, and uh, got to see a lot of great friends. And I saw a friend who I really loved and helped me actually in youth ministry for many years. And as we were talking, he was telling me how he's now divorced and um, the enemy came in. His daughter, who I knew, doesn't talk to him, hasn't spoken to him for six years. My church family, the enemy is like, yes. And we think that it's little things. And the Bible tells us we don't wrestle with people. Say this with me. People aren't my problem. Now, he can use people. I always thought my fifth grade teacher was a devil. But you know what? Listen, I'm just going to be honest. He can use people just like God can. But I'm telling you, his goal is to steal from your life, destroy you, right? To kill your hopes and your dream. Now, let me go back to what I'm saying. He doesn't care whether you like conflict or not. He's not going to leave you alone because, oh, they don't like conflict. Or, oh, you know what? She's really cute. I'm going to leave her alone. Listen, look at me. The devil's not going to leave you alone because you're crying. I'm trying to get you mad at the devil. Can I just tell you this? Listen, the devil is not going to leave you alone because you say, I can't take anymore. I can't take it. I can't take anymore. You think he's going to, okay, okay. I'll come back when you're ready. But when you're ready, just let, I'm going to let you know I'm going to steal, kill, and destroy, but I'll be back. He don't care. He don't care about that. He doesn't care, and he's not going to stop just because you go, I'm tired. I'm tired. He loves it. He loves it. And the devil is not going to leave you alone just because you don't believe he doesn't exist. As a matter of fact, if you don't believe he doesn't exist, he's already winning in your life. He loves that. That's one of the biggest lies. I'm the devil. I don't exist. Oh, yeah, I don't believe in the devil. Boom. Steal, kill, and destroy. And then that's, this is when this comes out. Everything happens for a reason. <laughs> now, some things are happening because you don't know who you are in Christ, and you don't know what you can do. You don't know the authority. You don't know the word. That's why some things are happening. And you know what? And the devil is robbing you blind. But I'm so glad that you came to the Overcomer series today because it's not going to happen anymore in Jesus' name. Come on. Can I... Can I hear a good amen? The devil's not going to have your marriage. The devil's not going to have your family. The devil's not going to have your kids. In Jesus' name. But we have to understand, listen, every day that you wake up, there's a conflict and there's a warfare for your life every single day. Every single day. I don't like sharing this story because it's deep and heavy and I don't like to be deep and heavy. I'd rather be light and fluffy and funny. I really do but I think I need to tell you this. See, my mom got pregnant out of wedlock, and when she got pregnant out of wedlock, she went to a priest, 
And the priest told her that she should abort me as a child. And I think about that. And I think about how the enemy loves to abort things in its infant stage. He loves to do that. Because somehow he knew, whether he heard God talking or whatever, that my life had potential. This week I had somebody um, who I haven't seen in over 45 years, but had knew me when I was three years old, four years old. And they were telling me that when I was in Mexico with my dad, at three or four years old, I was pointing at them and I was preaching at them and I was praying for people at four years old. See, the devil knew that there was potential and he wants to abort it. The same with your life, my church family. This is not a game. There's a warfare for your life because the, your greatest life has not even been lived yet. And I'm telling you, he wants to stop it. Are you here this morning? And so for every assignment God has for your life, there's an assignment from the enemy that causes conflict. I, just, I feel like I need, I need to say this because I feel like the Holy Spirit. Do you ever notice when you argue with your spouse how some of them are over the dumbest little things? Have, how many of you noticed that? And then after, all the guys are raising their hands, all the women are like... Have you ever, after you finished the argument and everything, you bring closure to the argument? That you walk away and you go, what was that even about? What was that? I mean, we just spent like a whole bunch of energy. And I think about how the enemy loves that. And so here's what I want to do in this brief introduction. Are you glad you came to church today? I, I, I'm a, I'm a, I love this series because I believe it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to pump you up. And this isn't, just, this isn't just hype. This is the word of God. And I want to give you three ways that we're going to overcome. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to break these down every single week, right? So here's the question. How do I overcome? Here's number one. We fight spiritual battles with spiritual strength. Now, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong. Everybody say that again. Say, be strong. Now, here's how we'd be strong. I know some of you do CrossFit. God bless you. God bless you. I think physical health is great. We need it. But your natural strength is not good enough for the enemy. It's just not. It's just not. Well, I'm going to get really mad. He doesn't care. That may work on your kids. It doesn't work on the devil. Right? It says, finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I believe this is why so many people are not overcoming because there's this misconception. They think they can win spiritual battles with natural strength. Let me say it this way. People think they can win spiritual battles with natural intellect too. Well, you know, I... Right? So the devil knows if you try to defeat him with only natural strength, you're not going to overcome. The truth is, in your physical strength, you'll get tired. You'll get exhausted. How many of you know what I'm talking about? But see, supernatural strength, listen, is actually the very strength of God. 
It's the very strength of God, right? He's the, the, the lamb, but he is the lion. And we have to be strong in the Lord. Now, I love looking at the Greek language because the New Testament is written in Greek. And this word strong means this. Watch this in the Greek. It means inwardly strengthened. Watch this. To enable. Now, are you ready? The root word of this word strength means this. And it denotes rest. Rest. We don't know a lot about rest in the body of Christ. Let me, let me explain this to you real quick. Rest just means this, a total dependence on God. It means a total dependence on God. And, and, and I love this word rest it, it, because rest actually takes faith, right? And so watch this. This is why I called today I called this message today standing in the right place because Ephesians tells us having done all to stand, everybody say stand. But the question is, are you standing in the right place? So this word strength actually means to rest. Now I'm going to give you a very simple illustration, right? It actually means this. The word rest means to lean on, right? Now, have you ever been a little bit tired and you just kind of lean on the wall or maybe something like this? I'm leaning on this coffee table, right? Simple. I am not exuding strength. I am just leaning on this coffee table. Here's what I'm doing. Let me say it this way. I am resting on this. It's not my strength. It's the strength of the coffee table. The coffee table is, and I could literally probably stand here for a while because it's just not my strength. So I am dependent right now on this coffee table. Now, Ben, being the jokester that he is, if he were to come up on stage and pull this out, I would fall. Now, here's the thing. When I'm dependent, this should be God. I should be dependent on him like this. But here's what this is for some people. This is not God. This is your strength. And, and you'll say things like this tomorrow. I don't know how I'm going to make it through tomorrow. That's right. If it's just you, I don't know how you're going to make it through tomorrow either. But we say things like that. And you say it because you're only dependent on you. But why just be dependent on a physical strength when there's a supernatural strength that you can be dependent on? And that's what this means, to be strong in the Lord. And that's the only way that the, the enemy, that we can resist the enemy. You know, the Bible says submit to God and then resist the devil. Well, we submit to God by being dependent on him. And we sang it today, I surrender all. I, I just surrender my strength, God. I'm just going to tap into your strength and I'm going to be dependent on you. Now watch it. Here's number two. Here's how we overcome. We fight from victory, not for victory. Now, I want you to hear this, my church family, because I grew up with bad teaching. I went to church, and I'm still puzzled how people go to church, and I'll, I'll ask them what the church believes. Like, I, I don't know. You need to know. You know why? There may come a day where your life may be dependent on what you believe. And my job as the pastor is try to help you look at the word. That's why I put the scriptures up there, because just so you know, it's just not my, my opinion. But watch this. We are fighting from victory. We're not fighting for victory. The victory's already been won. Can I hear a good amen? Come on, say that with me. Say, the victory has already been won. Now, let me ask you, did I win the victory? No, who won it? Jesus won it. So watch this. Ephesians 6, 11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. Where are you standing? I am standing in the victory. I didn't purchase it. 
Jesus purchased it. Now watch. I am standing. We're going to read in Ephesians chapter 6 as we move on. There's a lot about standing. And where you stand can determine whether you have victory or not. And I'm going to illustrate this to you. And for some of you, it's going to be like, this is so simple. It is simple. We overcomplicate the gospel. The gospel is so simple. Now listen, right? It says, having all, done all to stand, that you may stand against the wiles of the devil. Wiles means plans. He's got a plan, just like God has a plan for you. It's hope, it's a future. The enemy has a plan to take away everything that God has for you in your life. So watch this. I am standing in God's strength. Now I am dependent on God's victory. He already won the victory. So here's what I'm doing. I'm resting in the victory that God already has for me. Let me say it this way. I am resting in the peace of God. Oh, Pastor Phil, I just need peace in my life. I need more. As a believer, you have peace. Peace is a fruit of the Spirit. Can I just tell you, Jesus is called the Prince of Peace, and he resides on the inside of you already. You don't only have peace, you have the Prince of Peace. Come on, anybody excited about that? He's already inside of you. So then, why do you, come on, give him a good round of applause. Now watch this, are you ready? So when I pray, I pray from a place of victory, not a place of defeat. When I pray, I pray with authority, knowing that the victory is already won, right? When I, watch, today when we worshiped, I know it's kind of interesting for some people. You come in, you go, man, I'm going through some stuff. And I, I don't know, I may feel like a hypocrite if I, if I lift my hands, because you know, I'm just not sensing the victory. The truth is, you're not lifting your hands, right? Because you may not see that victory. But the truth is, we lift our hands because we are worshiping from a place of victory already. It's already won. I may not be seeing it right now in my life, but the truth is, God's already done it. And can I just tell you, people have told me this last two weeks, because we had Easter and my father passed away and they said, how do you do it? I'm going to tell you how I do it. I love coming into the house of God because the Bible says that they that wait upon the Lord, the little Hebrew is they that come before the Lord, their strength is renewed. Why? Because I'm dependent on him for my strength. I don't know how I did it. I had a birthday, I had Easter, and I had a funeral in another state. And you know what? I, I'm here this morning and I'm preaching my guts out. You know why? Because it's the strength of Jesus that I am dependent on, Not not mine. And you can tell whether people are overcomers or not by how they pray. Oh, Lord, if you could just look at me, I have something to say. Does that sound like a position of victory? Right? We come to God. The Bible says we enter into his throne room boldly. My son opens the refrigerator. He doesn't ask me. It's his house. He's my son. And for some of us who are like, when the presence of God, we're like, I don't know. God, he sees everything anyway. He wants you to walk in. Somebody say boldly. boldly. Now I'm going to tell you, this is a different mindset. You are not trying to obtain victory. Now listen, people ask me, what's the difference about our church? than other churches. Now, I don't know what goes on in other churches, but I will tell you this. In our church, we're gonna teach you to use what you already have, where in some churches, they're teaching about how to just attain things. Why are we gonna to try to learn about attaining something God already gave us? You know what it is? It's like a dog chasing its tail. I need victory, I need victory. And hey buddy, 
the dog, your tail's right there. Just stop, relax, chill. You have victory. Here's what you need to learn. You need to learn how to use that victory. You need to learn how to stand in victory. Come on, somebody. This is why people get stuck. They are trying to get God to give them something God has already gave them. This is why people get stuck. They are trying to get God to do something he's already done for them. Now, I know you may not see it right now, but that's where it takes faith. People are trying to attain what God has already given them. Now, watch this. This is where the battle is. I am resting in the peace of God. Do you have peace? Some of you are not sure. Do you have peace? Yes. Yes. Now watch. Here's what the enemy does. He tries to get you out of the position of rest. This last week, funeral, family, right? How many of you ever been to like a family reunion? You, you meet people that are your family and you're like, oh, you are? Oh, great. I guess now we can be friends. They're like, I'm your family. Oh, okay. Right? I mean, just a lot, all this funeral stuff. Here's what I know. The enemy is going to try to get me out of this position of peace. So here's what happens in a lot of our lives. It's happened to me too. So I need to be reminded of this. I have peace. So let's just say you get a diagnosis from the doctor. He says, poo, 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 poo. Here's what we need to do. We need to stay in peace. But here's what many people do. Diagnosis from the doctor. Oh, my God. What did you just do? You just got out of your position of victory and peace and you gave your peace away. Why? Because of a, a doctor? And can I just say, I love doctors, but they are not called the great physician. Jesus is the great physician. And you know what? So you can tell me the diagnosis all day, but here is the battle. The enemy wants you to move from the position of peace and give it away instead of just resting and saying, you know what? Come what may, I have the peace of God. Pastor Philip, you know, I have the peace, but I just don't sense that peace. You know, Isaiah 26, 3 says this. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. That's in the Hebrew. You know what that word stayed is? Here we go again. It means to lean on. To lean on. It means this, to rest, to uphold, to lay upon, to rest, lean against. And the enemy's goal is to move you away from the position of peace. He wants to move you away from this position of victory. That's why the Bible says, stand. Don't lose your ground, right? Don't lose your ground. Here's where the battle is. I'm leaning. My faith is accessing the victory. I am victorious. You know what the enemy wants to do? He wants you to get you out of the position of faith. He wants to get you out of the stance of faith. What does he want to get you into? Doubt, right? We start doubting. Well, I don't know. I don't. And what do I do? I just left that position of rest. I got to figure this out. You don't got to figure it out. As long as you know who, you don't need to know how. God will do it for you. But here's your battle. Stay in a position of peace. Stay in a position of victory. Are you receiving this? I think you are. I think you are. That's why Paul says, I've done all to stand. Stand. Are you ready? Here's the cool thing. When I am resting in peace, guess what? The devil can't stand in peace. 
He stands in chaos, division. When I stand in faith, the enemy is full of doubt. Now watch this, and we're going to go through the armor of God in this series in the next couple of weeks. I'm going to take each armor, and I'm going to show us how, how it works. But watch this. The enemy, right, here's what he wants to do. If I stand and rest in truth, can the devil stand in truth? No. Now listen, I'm not trying to be brilliant today. But if the devil can't stand in truth, why am I going to stand anywhere else? But when I get out of truth, and well, you know, it's because I saw on the news that they had this guy, and, and he said, isn't that what he did with Eve? Did God really say? Eve was like, oh, man, I really say. And she moved from a position of what God said, and she moved out of the position. Now watch this. When you do that, those become areas that the enemy starts to attack. And he starts to attack. And I would guarantee you that for some of you in this room, the reason why you're not overcoming is because you're not standing in the right place. You have lost your footing. Well, Pastor Phil, God heals, but grandma says, grandma says, go with grandma. The enemy, enemy would be happy you go and just do it because we all know grandma's word is more powerful than God's word because she's been alive a lot longer. You, you're, you're laughing, but I've talked to people who tell me that. And the devil don't care what grandma says. You know what the devil cares about? If you know what the word of God says. Because that's the only thing that he will respond to. So we fight spiritual battles with spiritual strength. Can I hear a good amen on that? We fight from victory. So let me just give you a little example. For those of you in this room, you are battling sickness, right? So you really are. You are a healed person battling sickness. You are not a sick person trying to get well. You are a well person battling sickness. Total different mindset. And when you have that authority, you say, I am healed by Jesus' stripes. That's what the Bible says, right? And here's number three. We must fight spiritual battles with spiritual weapons. Ephesians 6:11. put on the whole armor of God. Put on the whole armor. So when I stand, I stand in the armor of God. How many of you would like to know how to use the armor of God and how it works? Let me see your hands. Awesome. I'm going to tell you next week. Come on, bow your heads. <laughs> Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.